Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Joining me today for the Saturday conversation, as always, is Paul Wadlington. How you doing today, Paul? Doing all right. How about you, Bobby? Uh, good, good. I'm uh, a little interested in the NFL draft, the, the combine going on this past week. Uh, as we look at it, with uh, whether it's uh, future Longhorns or whoever's in it, I, I figured today we'd talk a little bit about the guys that are at the combine for the Longhorns. But more than that, like where they came from. And I don't mean, you know, in what got them to where they are. I don't mean like, oh, well, Roshan's for important ages. I'm not trying to do a biopic or biography on Roshan. But what are the common traits we see among all these guys that end up getting invited to the con uh, combine compared to those that don't, maybe? Uh, you know, I, let, let, you know, give us your thoughts initially on the five that are there. Bijan, Roshan, obviously, uh, Keandre Coburn, uh, DeMarvian Overshone, uh, and then Mora Ojomo. Well, my initial thought is disappointment because I thought we would talk about where they were actually from. And I wanted to talk about ARP for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Justin Wells would get, he would be so excited. He'd, he'd be all over the YouTube comments. And <laughs> uh, No, I, I think I love this. I'm in for this. This is, uh, Bobby's got a great idea here. So we're going to kind of look at the journey and we're going to look at, I mean, holy cow, Bobby and I, we were taking a look at the 2019 recruiting class from Texas and whew, holy cow, Roshan is a survivor from this class and it did not pan. This was a nationally uh, faded class that finished third in the country and, and just has been a, a largely a bust. So we'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. It's really interesting to see how these players were perceived as recruits and then their journey and growth as NFL prospects. And what about them made them NFL players beyond just the rankings or the talent? Because we're about to look at the fact that those didn't quite pan out for some of these guys. No, it didn't. And, and let's, let's start with somebody like Mora Ojomo, who on Thursday, I thought, you know, probably did, acquitted himself extremely well at the combine. Yeah, he did. Uh, measured in at 6'3", 294. Uh, if you even think about his career at UT, of course, everyone knows that Jomo is young for his class, for his grade. There's still some meat left on the bone, and that happened late. Uh, if you remember, when he came out of high school, he was probably in the 270s. And I think, I think he grew an inch in college. I, I really do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he played – quite a bit of ball at UT at around 280, 275. And then he finally made the commitment to becoming an interior defensive lineman and thought played well for Texas. We would love to have him back because I think his best football's definitely in front of him. But yeah, measured out at 6'3", 294, had a 33-inch vertical, ran a 5.04.40, which was the seventh amongst all the defensive linemen. Uh, his split was just under 1.8". Usually you want to be under one seven on that 10 yard split to be considered kind of elite, you know, get off Twitch. But if you're under one eight, that's good. You know, that's, that's you, you reach, you're, you're hitting the qualifying mark because if you're much higher than that NFL scouts start to move you down. Uh, but yeah, he performed well and he looked good in some of the drills that I was able to see. Here's what I, I would say. I'm, I'm going to go through it real quick. Okay. So of the five guys that are there for Texas, Bijan Robinson was in the 2020 class and was the number one rated Longhorn recruit in that class. Yeah. So Bijan was number one of the whole class. In 2019, 
there are only there's only one guy there from the combine, the 2019 class, and that is Roshan. And Roshan was the number 15 ranked player in that class and was rated as a quarterback. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So don't forget, he moved to running back because Darian Brown, a running back out of Georgia, had a uh, almost a catastrophic injury to his skull and, and had to get all kinds of work done and could no longer play football. Roshan moved to running back that, that fall camp and that never looked back. But of the 25 players Roshan, that signed with Texas that year, Roshan was only ranked 15. Now – we will say this, Bobby, there are two guys from this class who are not yet have not yet entered themselves to the NFL. And we think will play in the NFL. That's Jordan Whittington and Tavondre Sweat. Fair? Yeah. And Whittington, Whittington came out with a lot of Ballyhoo, yep. a number two ranked player for the Longhorns in that class. Sweat, though, of the 25 signees, the 24th rated Longhorn in that class, according to the industry comparison. And so, I'm not now, on three wasn't ranking players back then, but the industry was, and they had him at number 24 in the class. Well, and I wouldn't argue he's a different position truly, but he was, he was a 255 pound, 260 pound high school defensive end. And, and the thought was, well, he's too squatty. And, and I think people who could project Eric Naline being one of them, I think all of us agreed no, this guy's future is on the interior defensive line. He's he's going to put on weight, and and Tiavante Sweat has delivered on that. Uh, but it's very interesting when you go through that class and see the myriad reasons that these highest, the higher ranked guys didn't pan, and it's from horrible injury luck to flakiness to not really liking football to frankly poor ratings. Uh, you know. David Benda is, is a higher-rated prospect substantially than Tavondre Sweat and Roshan Johnson. And that's – you know, I, I watched Roshan Johnson play high school football. Uh, I've, I've seen his film. He was a very gifted guy, whether he was going to pan a quarterback or not. I, I want to keep going with this because that's the 2019 class. Yep. Uh, the 2019 class is weak, but the 2018 class, Paul – was actually very strong. I think at least eight guys are going to play in the NFL from the 2018 class. Uh, the guys that are in the combine for Texas out of this class this year, DeMarvian Overshone, linebacker. Uh, he was the number four overall prospect. Keandre Coburn, he was the number eight overall prospect in that recruiting class uh, for the Longhorns. And then Ojomo was at number 21. So those are the three guys. Uh, and it's very interesting. Uh, you know, we look at this. Uh, other guys in that class, Caden Stearns, already a Denver Bronco, uh, number two. Uh, Joe Osai was number 14. He's probably the best best guy out of this group other than maybe Bijan. Um, and then you have guys like Christian Jones, who might be picked uh, as an interior lineman. He was way down at number 26. And then actually the lowest rated recruit was Cameron Dicker, who, you know, I think he's one of the special teams players of the month for uh, San Diego after 
bopping around to a couple different teams. You look at this, eight NFL possibilities out of that group, right? Um, but Overshone, four, Coburn, eight, and then you have Ojomo all the way down at 21. Those guys, Paul, you know, you could say Overshone and Coburn, you kind of expected this, but you didn't expect Ojomo. And I think you expected Bijan, for example, to be in this group. You didn't necessarily expect Roshan Johnson. So the two outliers of all of this, for me, of the five guys, are Ajomo and Roshan. As far as guys that, uh, I, I don't want to, they they outkicked their coverage, so to speak, right? They, they did better than what was expected of them. Maybe not of themselves, clearly, but of prognosticators um, and predictors. And, and I'm one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is why do you think those guys did it? And maybe some guys that were just as talented did not like what, what are the commonalities about those lower ranked guys that you find, you know, is it for me, physicality, yes. I think of Roshan and I think of Moro and I think they're physical guys, physical players, Whereas it's not necessarily their athleticism that stands out. Yeah, I, I think they have a lot of soft traits. Uh, and it, physicality is both a soft trait, ironically enough, and a, and a hard trait. Right? I get it. I understand what you're saying, yeah. And, and it's a mindset. I also think for both of those players, what do they both have in terms of maturity and, and sort of focus? Are they the typical 18 to 22-year-old? Not even close. They've got more focus and drive than plenty of 30-year-olds, I know. And, and I think you see that not only academically in, in their instances, but they're very, very serious about football. You know, I know Moro Jomo got criticism for his comments. And, you know, he was taken away from the mic after calling out some people. And, you know, I've heard people say, oh, it was really unfortunate. And I was like, I think he said exactly what he wanted to say. And I think he's a guy who takes football and school and life very seriously. And he was tired of being around a bunch of guys who did not. And he was fed up. And, uh, you know, maybe you can question the forum for doing it, but he put some people on blast. And I think Sark actually had mixed feelings about it too. I don't, I don't think he wanted the, the headache, but I think he was kind of happy <laughs> that someone said it. Well, someone was taking ownership. That's why I said I liked it from the very start, even though I know Steve Sarkeesian because of, you know, the turmoil it could cause in the locker room and people calling each other out what it could have turned into. But he handled it internally. And I think he got the best sides of both. Right. Yeah. So he handled it internally and Sark got the, the respect of the locker room. Well, whereas Moro still said what he said and everybody knew it when he showed up to work on Monday. You know? <laughs> well, so interestingly, to your point, too, let's go back and trace their careers. So Moro Jomo somehow hid in plain sight at Katie. I think some of that was his age. He's a little bit of a late bloomer. But also, he's a guy who's about 6'2", I think barely 6'2", probably in high school, maybe 270-ish. And I don't think people were confident in his projection. I don't think they thought he was quick enough to play outside which is ultimately probably correct from a, from a true impact standpoint. And then they were probably not sure if he'd be able to put on enough good weight and, and keep his athleticism and all that. Now he had a great senior year and suddenly became the bell of the ball for a bunch of programs. If you recall after that first signing day, right? There was a big Ojomo sweepstakes as 
program swooped in to try to to grab him, and they and Texas got him, and they got this very mature player who not only was mature mentally, but he matured himself. He built his body up. Uh, he grew. I think he grew a little in college. I, I really do. And then, uh, you know, he has he has a great work ethic. And as you said, Bobby, he's very physical, not only in terms of mindset, but he's hard. Like some guys are just hard. Like they if they get a minor injury, it's like they're not even going to tell the trainer. They just shrug it off. They don't care. Uh, things are kind of going bad in the game. They don't care. Doesn't that sound like Roshan too? That's Roshan, 100%. And, you know, Bobby, the irony of that is I was – I remember I was writing my preview before this year and someone was saying like, yeah, I buy, I love Roshan, you know, really selfless guy. And, you know, obviously he's going to do great things and, you know, he's going to get hired. You know, I think he went, he's in the Macomb school and all that. And uh, I was like, well, he's going to play in the NFL and then he's going to go do stuff. And people are like, Oh no, no, Roshan's a, you know, he's, he's a position switch backup who's unselfish. And I'm like, no, no, he's, he's, he's a good player. He made himself into a good running back. He's going to play in the NFL for a while and, and NFL coaches are going to love him. And I think his defining trait was physicality. Bobby, if you rewatch the season, he put more licks on defenders than any UT player I've seen in, in some time. Now, Bijan had a couple as well, but Roshan leveled some people this year. So here's what I, that goes back to the physicality piece. Yes. Um, and so I, I feel like, Coburn uh, kind of grew up over his time. I don't necessarily think he was ready from day one, but I think he became more mature. Uh, Bijan was just, I, I think, supernaturally talented. I think DeMarvian grew up over time yeah, um, and grew bigger too. Uh, he, he was, he's one of those guys that you want him at 23, not at 17, right? <laughs> Vastly different kind of prospects at, at those time periods. Um, well, can I, can I say something about DeMarvion? If you remember his journey, it was convincing him that his future was at linebacker and not safety. And the quicker that would have happened with the ensuing behavioral changes, and I don't, I don't mean, uh, you know, off the field. I mean, a commitment to the idea of I'm a linebacker, so I need to start lifting, eating, and training like I'm a linebacker. I think he would have, you know, he's at this combat and he was, he's going to be 6'3", 220, right? I think he would have been 6'3", 230, 6'3", 235, you know, and, and been able to build up his body and, and also answer some of the questions that they have about him right now, which is. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You know, it was a question in college, frankly. You can run right at him. And late, late in his career, tantalizingly, he has his best two traditional games as, a, as an off-ball traditional linebacker. Not doing athletic DeMarvian things. We knew he could do that. But just winding up and filling a gap and making the play. Uh, and so it would have been great to see another year of that. And I, I think it'll be very interesting for the NFL to evaluate him because he's not a finished product. And I think, I think there's going to be a temptation to almost NFL redshirt him and, and see what he can become. 
Speaking with Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Paul, before I want to ask you next, do any of the young Longhorns currently on campus, not the ones already at the Combine, any of the young Longhorns on campus remind you of a trajectory like Roshan or Ojomo? But before we do that, I want you to say thank you to our sponsor, uh, Mortgages by Gate. Absolutely. Hey, if you're looking for the right measurements when you're buying a home, interest rate fit the the right kind of uh structure financially you need to call gabe 832-557-1095 hey he's a he's a lunatic longhorn supporter he's a really really sharp guy and he's fantastic at his craft if uh if he was coming out in the draft he'd be a first rounder so give him a call and uh get him on your team mortgages by gabe.com all right guys on the current team that remind you of those type of players and I'm going to give you one to start off with. Okay. And he just moved to running back. And that's Savion Red. Like it. Physical. Right? And when you think of him, you think of, yes, he's quick. Yes, he has good ball skills. But really, you look at him and say, wow, he's pretty physical for a, for a slot receiver type. Even now that he's moving to running back, he did not mind mixing it up physically. Yeah, I think I like that. Um, there's always the question of physical for a wide receiver. And is he physical enough for a running back, right? I think he will be. I think your instincts are right. And it's one of those things you also kind of see him. And you see how he's built. He's built like a running back. And, and you know, you can see that. And you can see the way he sort of plays the game. He, he, does, not, he does not shirk from contact. Uh, Jordan Whittington is a guy like that. I think his uh, NFL chances will be – bolstered by his physicality right as a blocker uh doing a lot of the dirty work i think you know they can you can view him as sort of a poor man's heinz ward you know a guy who was a, a superstar as a freshman and i think a lot of it has to do with physicality but also mentality it's kelvin banks i mean to to be able to play a very difficult position i mean other than quarterback what's the hardest thing for a true freshman to play left yeah, I, no i get <laughs> Safety, maybe. I mean, maybe, but you know, I you can hide a safety in certain coverages. Nickel. How? There we how go. Yeah, well, that's fair. <laughs> but you know, you can get by being a nickel sometimes, just being an athletic super freak. Uh, you know, you get some technique stuff to learn. But uh, Kelvin, you know, there's a lot of technique. There's a lot of pressure, and I just think his maturity level, just not just physically, but emotionally, it's not just his talent. I mean. The guy was built for this. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree, Paul. I think I think your point is it's not just about the physicality. It's also the maturity they bring to the table. I'll tell you another guy uh, that in both Whittington and Banks are a little bit different in that they were both highly rated prospects. Mm. Savion Red, lower part of the recruiting class. Another guy who was a lower part of the recruiting class, but whose football IQ and physicality actually is a little higher than that is Jaron Thompson. Oh, for sure. You know, now Jaron may not play in the NFL. I'm not, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But my point is he's another one of those guys that gets by with being a little smarter, a little quicker, a little, you know, a little more willing to mix it up than other, other guys, his, his age and his size, et cetera. So Jaron doesn't have overwhelming physical traits. Right. But one thing I did notice from 
2021 to 2022 is when he did put on a little good weight, he got faster. He got more physical. You know, physicality is not just uh, your mindset. Uh, it's also your physical ability to deliver on your mindset. You know, DeMarvin Overshone was blowing people up as a freshman running around out there, but he weighed 200 pounds. He doesn't have enough armor. You know, he, you can't be a heat-seeking missile if you don't have some, some, uh, some missile behind the warhead, so to speak, right? Some supporting structures. You're just going to blow yourself up. So I think Jaron has always been physical. You could see that in his high school tape. But now he's starting to get the body to match that. I mean, I, I suspect if he can continue on his physical trajectory, I, I, think, he, I think he does have a shot at the NFL. I, I, I think he does, even despite not having, you know, amazing physical traits, you know, from a testing standpoint. I think he's, I think he's, uh, I think he's getting more athletic the longer he's in SNC program. I don't think he's peaked out. I got another one for you, and this one's the one just from what I'm hearing, and I think Eric Nalene said this as well. Um, from the 2023 class thus far, yep, you'd probably categorize Connor Stroh in this category. Interesting. I've heard Not, that too, but why? Uh, because I think he, I think he brings an adult attitude, mm. uh, and he's already he's already Jerry Hamilton does this, and and I agree with Jerry. He talks about how. A guy's 370 and he gets himself down to 335. That shows a level of commitment to your craft that not many 17-year-olds can do. Or 60. I mean, they just you know as well as I do, Paul. It's just hard because half half the battle is your brain. Yep. Right. It's not just physical. It's not you know necessarily genetic. And he's a big guy, but I think he's one of the and he, and he wasn't heavily, heavily recruited. I mean, he was he was highly recruited, but not in the top 10 players that, that uh, committed to Texas in the 2023 class, right? So these guys that, that I'm trying to, to identify that come from the lower ranks that end up making something of themselves, I think that's really interesting to me because ultimately I, I think of a guy, I'll give you another guy that we both think is very physical, is Neto Umiozulu. Mm -hmm. Now he's highly rated, so don't, uh, but that's another guy that that I know you and I both are like, I want to see him play because he brings a nastiness, a physicality to the game that that's that's a lot of what football is just about. Well, I, I'll tell you, the guy that always springs to mind in Louisiana has a real ability to print these guys, a bunch of three stars from tiny, small towns. And they're just dogs like their yep. mentality. Malcolm Roach. That guy is physical. He oozes physicality. Whatever position he played, the guy across from him knew the next day he played a football game, right? And interestingly, the identity of LSU as a football team, if you think about them over the last decade, decade plus, really, uh, I had a friend who played college football and he played LSU every year in the SEC and said, uh, I'll say this about LSU. You always knew you were in a football game. He's like, sometimes they are dumb as dirt. And, you know, they just might not cover someone in the flat. But he's like, you knew you were in a football game and the pads were popping. And, you know, there's something in the water in Louisiana. You know, it's, it's kind of the East Texas thing, right? Some of those guys are just – their mentality is very, very physical. And they need their bodies to catch up, usually to deliver on that physicality in, in, their, in their brain. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense to me because I tell you what, um, you know, there are, there are pieces of that. Paul, um, when we talk about, you know, recruiting, 
Uh, we, we talk about recruiting a lot on this channel uh, yep. for good reason. You and I both believe it's the lifeblood of a program, but it's not the be all end all. The, really, the evaluation of the recruits is the be all end all, mm -hmm. right? Because garbage in equals garbage out, right? You, you want actually good input. And I, I think that the more coaches are able to identify the more Ojomos, uh, the Savion Reds, the Jaron Thompsons, uh, you know, Roshan Johnson, the better football team Texas is going to have long term. And it may not be a top five recruiting class if you get those guys, but you may end up in the college football playoff with them. TCU did that this year in large part. Well, and I think physicality can reach a critical mass in your program and elevate it. Uh, people talk about the model organizations, the NFL, and one of them is the Baltimore Ravens. And they did that without a quarterback for most of that time period. That's not how the formula is supposed to go in the NFL. And if you had one word to answer the question, what makes the Ravens different for 20 years from other NFL football teams. What do they do better than anybody else? Physicality. Better. Yeah. yeah they, just, better. they hit you so hard <laughs> and they don't stop. And they're sort of relentless. And they and that's what they profile for. That's what they draft. And they win ugly. You can, you know, unless Lamar Jackson's going off, you can't pay me to watch a Ravens game if I just want dumb entertainment. But if I don't want to, if I want to watch some pads pop, I'll turn on the Ravens Steelers, right? Uh so I think that's part of it. I also think that a lot of those physical players are also not coincidentally focused individuals and focused football players. Uh, there's some wild men, right? They'll, they'll give up their body and their physical and all that. But a lot of those guys are just kind of have a, it's, it's the mental part of the physical, which you know, of their physicality, which is they want to go play and like, Football's a grind. You know, we talk about it. It's glorified. There's a lot of attention and, and all these things. But the actual, like, playing football in a major college, it's a grind. It's, it's a grind on your body. It's a grind on your time. It's, you're, you're very regimented. You know, in some ways you're infantilized because everything's planned out for you. Uh, you have to have a certain mentality to want to thrive in that. And I tell you what, a lot of the, if you get enough of those guys, they won't put up with, sort of weak mentalities around them. Uh, they'll call them out or drive them out. You know, the, the, the you know, famous apocryphal story when Vince Young was, was here that season before 2005, they're doing summer workouts. There was a guy who wasn't showing up to summer workouts. And basically Vince Young said, Hey, like if you don't show up, I, I'm going to show up to your place and we're going to fight. <laughs> and, and I think I'm going to win the fight, but if I start losing the fight, no one on this is team going to let me lose a fight. So it's not going to go well for you either way. <laughs> it was sort of the message. And that player uh, was, you know, early the next day and, and showed up to all the workouts. So I, I think there's a certain edge that you need in a program to succeed. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian saw it at, at USC with Pete Carroll, you know, for all their glory and glitz, that was a very physical football team. And uh, I don't think Sark has been able to recreate that at his other stops purely as the head coach. But I did, I do think obviously, you know, you saw that at Bama, despite the fact that they were effectively, you know, a high flying passing offense, right. They still had an element of physicality. Oh, that, Najee Harris ran the crap out of the ball. He yeah. ran the crap out of the ball. They're still going to hit you. 
It's still a Nick Saban team. So if Texas can get that, and people are always wondering, well, what's the missing thing? It's in the water. What's going on in Texas? Hey, it's, it's development and, and developing some guys who are serious about football. They take it seriously. And if you can get enough of those guys, they'll weed out the other guys who aren't that way. If you're the number 21, 24 recruit in the, 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 uh, the uh, recruiting class or even the number 28 recruit like Cam Dicker, uh, you got a chance. Uh, so just it, it's all about that individual person. All right, all right Paul, we got to go. Um, Gabe Winslow, thank you so much for your sponsorship of uh, our Saturday conversation. Thank you, Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas. As always, uh, fun to talk to you about this kind of stuff. I, I get fired up about this topic. I'm glad you cut it off or we would have been talking for an hour and a half. <laughs> we'll do it next time, Paul. You take care, bud. All right, you too. Take care. All right, have a good one. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.